Hi, welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. I'm Dr. Shan, a licensed clinical psychologist, board-certified behavioral sleep medicine specialist, and adjunct clinical faculty at the Stanford School of Medicine. When you sleep, if you use your mouth to breathe, it's very bad for your health. But a myofunctional therapist may be able to help you out. So, what is myofunctional therapist? And what can they do exactly to help you sleep better? Also, if you are a mouth breather during sleep and you try to tape your mouth up, what are some pros and cons you should know of? Today, our guest is Renata, a registered dental hygienist and orofacial myofunctional therapist. She is the owner of Myo Moves and the founder of Airway Circle. She will bring us a very different angle about sleep optimization. Let's welcome Renata. Hello, Renata. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are the first malfunctional specialist in our podcast so far. And、oh, how about、so、you?、Awesome. Yeah. How about you explain what this is? What do you do exactly to us? Of course. So, myofunctional therapy is the same thing as orofacial myology. So, you might hear both terms.、Uh, speech pathologists and dental hygienists are the professions that are learning this new modality,、uh, which is not that new. It's kind of exploding right now. But some people have been practicing in the United States for thirty, forty years, and it's pretty much. I like to explain it as physical therapy for the head and neck area. We are working on orofacial muscle dysfunction, so we are evaluating the muscles of the head and neck, and we can kind of tell which muscles are engaging, which muscles、um, are a little bit weaker, and depending on what we see, always focusing on functions, so chewing, swallowing, breathing, you know, tongue lateralization, all of those things to improve their life and improve their sleep. Also, oh, that's. Very interesting. Do you mostly work with children or adults or both? So my youngest patient is three. My oldest patient is seventy-four. Wow!、But、I do have a, a special. There's a special place in my heart for kids. I do really enjoy、uh, treating children because they are so malleable when they're young, and in very few sessions you see insane changes to their faces. Wow. Do you think early intervention, early diagnosis, can really help children? Oh my goodness, a hundred percent! And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing this information because there are so many children out there that need our help, and most parents don't even know that there is a reason. You know that there's an issue. For example, a child who's a picky eater, a child who's wet in the bed, a child who <clears throat> sleeps with their mouth open, or has crooked teeth. All of those are signs of orofacial muscle dysfunction. There is something that we can do to optimize their face facial muscles to make sure that they use those muscles correctly based on the function that those muscles are attached to. Wow! I did not realize all these problems we observe in children may be related to the facial muscles.、Mm -hmm. So we in this field we learn a lot and we study a lot about craniofacial development. So, what are things that help our cranium, you know, our skeletal、uh, bones grow? 
So one thing is breastfeeding. The more we breastfeed, the more our bones are going to grow properly. Um, if you think about it, when a baby nurses, it takes so much effort. Uh, whenever they're nursing, what are they doing? They're going to the gym every day when they nurse because they're exercising those muscles. They really have to work hard with the muscles of the, you know, the cheeks, the lips, and the tongue to be able to do what they need to do to extract the milk. With a bottle, they don't use those muscles as much. So what happens if somebody stops using their muscles? You know, the bones do not grow as much. The bones get weaker. Uh, and that's the, the first thought with uh, breastfeeding, why we're such big advocates of breastfeeding. The second thing is lack of chewing. Uh, back in the day, we used to give our kids, you know, chicken bones and uh, parents never blended their kids' food. So they had to chew. The more you chew, the more your face grows. So pressure builds bone. We need to have kids chewing more. And we all know that nowadays we have baby food. We have pouches. We have, you know, mac and cheese, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Those things, nobody needs teeth to eat that. You can, you know... If, chew on it with your gums and it's fine. Uh, so it's not really challenging those muscles. They need to be working. They need to be exercising in order to promote healthy facial growth. And then the last thing that's influencing our faces not growing to their full potential is mouth breathing. We have so much more mouth breathing now. Why? Well, now we live in environments, you know, inside homes our allergies have increased. We have pets inside the house. We have carpets. We have air conditioning systems. There is so much more exposure to dust and to allergens. Um, and then we, you know, we don't have all the healthy things that we used to do before. Industrialization. I mean, there's so many things that have changed that have gotten us to the place that we are right now. But kids uh, do have so much more allergies now causing them to, to mouth breathe. Uh, we can go into food, you know, what really is causing enlargement of tonsils and adenoids. That's the whole <laughs> Oh, wow. Thing. Yeah, there's so much uh, going on, even when we're young. And the mouth mm -hmm. breathing is a very interesting topic because I had a video online talking about uh, mouth breathing and mouth taping. Got a lot of comments on it. So I want to ask you more about this mouth breathing piece. Is that mostly indicates some facial muscle problem uh, or like how do we understand this phenomenon? So we are all allowed and able to breathe through our nose and to breathe through our mouth. But when I said it recently, the mouth breathing is not dysfunctional. What is dysfunctional is when you're mouth breathing, but you're supposed to be nose breathing. Like when, when you're sitting down watching TV, when you're sleeping, when you are at rest, when you're reading a book, all of those uh, instances do not require you to breathe through your mouth. When is it acceptable for you to breathe through your mouth? When you're doing high intensity workout, about 40% of the time, it's okay. When you're running from a bear, uh, when you're swimming, you're going to have to, you know, do those mouth breaths. But anyway, so there are instances where you need to be able to breathe through your mouth. But most of the time, 
not. And what's happening now because of enlargement of tonsils and adenoids, because our upper and lower jaw are not growing to their full potential. So our mouths are open because of tongue ties that are not being addressed. Uh, all of those things are contributing to the increase of mouth breathing. We can also mention a little bit of gut health. You know, we all know 80% of our immunity is in our gut and our environments. You know, we are born in sterile environments now. We used to be born in homes before. So our gut health, our gut flora is not as healthy as it used to be. So, of course, that's going to increase our allergies. It's going to increase all, you know, several issues with inflammation, increasing inflammation and making it harder for us to breathe through our nose. So it's just very important for us to breathe slowly in through our nose and slowly out through our nose with our exhale always being longer than the inhale if you are at rest. If you're not doing that, there are implications because when you breathe well through your nose like this, uh, we produce in our paranasal sinuses nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, antifungal. There's all these amazing, incredible benefits to breathing through your nose. And if you're not doing that, if your mouth breathing, instead of getting all this, these amazing things, you're getting cortisol. And cortisol is inflammatory. Cortisol holds on to fat. Cortisol increases anxiety and depression in young women. You know, cortisol increases hyper hyperactivity in children. There's just so many things that are bad. So yeah, as mouth breathing at rest is not good. We need to ask questions. Why? Every patient is different. You know, but why, what are reasons? Why can you not breathe through your nose? Do we need to go see an ENT? Do we need to get scoped? Do we need to get a CBCT, a 3D x-ray to see what's going on uh, in those structures? Um, so we always have to investigate and to try to find out why and what can we do to help this, this patient breathe well through their nose. Oh, I love that. I think that's so important. If you find yourself cannot breathe through your mouth uh, in the situations that you're supposed to, for example, sleep, and investigation is possibly first step, right? Sounds like every individual may have different reasons why mm -hmm. they do they use mouth to breathe when mm -hmm. they sleep. Yeah, so the number one reason is allergic rhinitis. Uh, and that's what I grew up with. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, because I was a mouth breather at night. I did not develop correctly. I have a palato expander right now in my mouth. It's called the Marpy. There are six implants on the roof of my mouth, and it's opening up the, the maxillary suture again, helping me breathe better. Therefore, if I can breathe better through my nose, I can sleep better. So um, I did not develop how I was supposed to. Uh, and I had really bad indoor allergies uh, to dust and to things like that. So having carpets really, really affected me as a child. And it's very important to investigate, but allergies is one. And uh, then, of course, we have to, to look at gut health. We have to ask questions. Why are those uh, tonsils, um, adenoids, or turbinates enlarged? Do you have a deviated septum? Was there any trauma? Uh, did a child get um, an upper respiratory infection that lasted way too long? And then they got used to breathing through their mouth. You know, that's uh, something very common. It just becomes a habit. So in my functional therapy, we help fix those habits. We help create new healthy habits. 
uh, as breathing through your nose, keeping your tongue in the right position. Your tongue should always be up, suctioned all the way up to the roof of your mouth. Um, and you can try this at home. Right now, if you know what I'm talking about, you're going to click your tongue. So whenever you click your tongue and you stop, you suction your tongue all the way up there. Open your mouth with your tongue suctioned, so fully sealed in your palate, and try to take a breath in through your mouth. You can't. That is the significance of having your tongue in your palate all day and all night. If your tongue is in, in the correct position, you cannot breathe through your mouth. You're going to have to be a nose breather. So that's one of the goals of my functional therapy. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Like I never noticed how the position of the tongue and can really impact the breathing. Right. And the tongue is a breathing muscle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. Because normally when we think about allergy or sleep apnea or this, yes, the, the nose for all these different reasons, uh, it just cannot get air in easily. So I think we need diagnose treatment, the appropriate intervention. But nowadays, a lot of social media influencers are talking about mouth taping. And I do get a lot of comments on my own YouTube channel. They just try to convince me that how wonderful mouth taping works for them. So if you are mouth breather, just tape it so you can help breathe through it and then your nose will work. That sounds dangerous. What do you think? <laughs> right? So it's not the mouth taping is great. It's the nose breathing is great. But like I said, it's very important for us to find out first why. Not everybody should be taping their mouth to go to sleep. It is not safe for everybody to tape their mouth to go to sleep. Also, there are different ways of taping your mouth. There are so many tapes on the market now. I don't ever like to close the lips. So whenever I'm ready to recommend or to try mouth taping with my patients, I always use kinesiology tape, which is a little stretchy. And I'm working on the muscle. I'm looking for muscle function. You know, so if the lips are not working properly, we're going to work on toning up those muscles around the lips, the orbicularis oris. And then uh, I can use the kinesiology tape to try to help engage those muscles a little bit more. It's a sensory approach to get those muscles to work. Now, I'm sorry to say, but every other tape out there, it's not working this way. It's a mechanical uh, approach where let's just close them so you're forced to breathe through your nose. And that is not how it should be done. There are several people that do it and they notice a great improvement and they swear by it, but they're not doing anything else that you're supposed to be doing around trying to get to the root cause of your mouth breathing. Because if all, if all you're doing is something mechanic, right, mechanical and just pushing, grabbing those lips, you know, making those lips shut. You're not addressing nasal hygiene. Are you cleaning your nose every night? Are you trying to eliminate allergies? You know, what else are you doing to promote that this thing is going to last forever? I taped for about six months while doing my functional therapy, while working on my allergies before I could stop taping and no longer need it. That's the goal. The tape is there to help you until you don't need it anymore. 
But now if you have to use it every night for the rest of your life, then you're not addressing the the, the issue. Oh, I love this um, direction, this angle that, you know, it's not supposed to be supposed to be a lifesaver or lifelong strategy. Right. Mm-hmm. And but it could be uh, part of the intervention for certain people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I do receive some comments from audience. They say, oh, I like I'm not taping my whole mouth. I'm ta- just taping this middle part or I'm punching holes. In it. So I can still breathe, but my lips cannot really open easily. Is that like, do you think it's, is that safe? No, it's still, it's still mechanical. You're still not addressing the issue. Now, if you're doing that only, you're not going to get very far. But if you're working with a myofunctional therapist and she chooses to to get the patient to tape that way, great. That is just not how I work. Uh, like I said, I like to address muscle function and I need to get the muscle to contract a certain way. And having a piece of tape that goes vertically on your lips doesn't address that. Having a tape that goes over the whole lips and you poke holes in it, it's not going to address that. I need to think about how does that muscle contract? And I'm going to go towards that contraction. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for people who really are into this mouth taping method and they, or actually they're really into nose breathing, right? So um, where should they get started with this journey of, you know, getting a figure out what's exactly going on with them? I always recommend seeing a myofunctional therapy first. Why? Because we are the middle puzzle piece of the multidisciplinary team. A myofunctional therapist is connected to an ENT. They are connected to an ENT receiving physician. They are connected to an orthodontist, to a dentist, to a speech pathologist, to a chiropractor, to a physical therapist, um, to an occupational therapist. So we have all of these other professionals that we work with and we know who to refer you to next. Uh, Now, if you go to an ENT first, they don't necessarily recommend a malfunctional therapist after. They're just going to look at what they know and what they see. They're going to address that and then the patient is done. But we are, uh, like my friend Nicole likes to say, we are like the quarterback of the team. We are guiding the patient step by step. Okay, now, you know, we address your core strength with a physical therapist. Now we need to address sensory issues with an occupational therapist, for example. Now we need to go get a tongue tie release by this dentist or by this ENT. Or now it's time for us to get expansion. So we kind of guide the patient. It's not, whenever you go see a myofunctional therapist, it doesn't mean that you're going to need myofunctional therapy every time. But we're going to be able to tell you, give you the steps. Okay, step one, we need to have an assessment. And then step two, you need to go see this other professional. Like that, it's it's a whole body approach. You cannot just focus on what you know. Oh, great. Yeah, good to know. There's one place to get started. And then you will be guided to other appropriate professionals. Mm-hmm. So what are some warning signs, you know, uh, children or adults should really pay attention to that they suppose know, okay, if I'm experiencing this, 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 Mm -hmm. I possibly should go to see a malfunctional therapist. So most people are born with orofacial muscle dysfunction. And if it's not addressed at birth, as you keep growing, you're going to see different signs. 
So I'll start with babies. With babies, most of the time, not every time, most of the time you're going to have some breastfeeding issues. So mom's going to have pain. Baby's going to be clicking. Baby's going to be gassy. Baby's going to have colic. And um, of course, working with an IBCLC, an international board certified lactation consultant that has experience with oral ties. Um, and then working with an occupational therapist to do some craniosacral therapy, maybe you got to address the whole body. Um, so those things to start with a newborn. As they start growing, we might see issues with feeding. We might see a child that chokes very easily. We might see somebody that uh, cannot chew food. They spit everything out. Um, and it's because those muscles were not worked how they were supposed to work for you to be able to be ready to accept food, right? You work out the muscles during breastfeeding. So whenever it's time to chew real food, those muscles are strong and ready to go. So you, then you might need a feeding therapist. That's usually a speech pathologist or an occupational therapist. Uh, as you start getting older, and then also there's there could be issues with crawling. Both of my kids only crawled with one knee. We never think that that's related, but if you only crawl with one knee, you're only using you know a side of your brain. In order for you to be able to speak, you need both sides of your brain, and and those are fine motor skills. Well, in order for you to develop your fine motor skills, you have to first develop your gross motor skills. So if they didn't crawl correctly or if they barely crawled and went straight to walking, those are all issues that we are not told as parents that are, you know, possible signs. If a baby is rolling really fast way before they are supposed to be doing that, that's extra tension in the body that needs to be addressed. And we're all like so happy that our babies are, you know, are lifting their head up more than they're supposed to. Those are not good signs. So it's a great question. What are some, you know, signs that we need to be looking for that we're not aware? As we start growing, be, uh, children should have teeth like a picket fence, a tooth and a space, a tooth and a space. So if a two-year-old has all beautiful teeth that are touching, that means that their maxilla and their mandible are already too small. At that point... They're already behind the curve. They're always going to be behind the curve. So there are few dentists in the United States that do early intervention with a child that young. But more and more people are getting trained. More and more people are getting interested in this. Because like you were saying earlier, if we can intervene early, that's hopefully a child that won't end up, you know, with an adult, as an adult with sleep apnea with fibromyalgia, with TMJ issues, with so many other issues that have escalated from this. Of course, I'm not saying that more facial muscle dysfunction 100% causes all these things, but it could be the, the key that, you know, starts the whole process. It needs to be addressed. Our breathing, the size of our jaws, all of that needs to be addressed early. Right, right. I think this is such an important message for everyone to listen to, right? And detect these early signs. And if we can catch some of those, or at least ask the questions and to ask professionals to evaluate it early on, you're possibly going to save a lot of energy in the future, or save a lot of suffering in the future. Yeah, right? 100%. And with adults, we see headaches, neck aches, uh, you know, bad posture. 
uh, TMJ issues, those morning headaches that you wake up and it's just awful, you're probably clenching and grinding at night. What is clenching and grinding? That's your body. Your brain is under stress. Why? Because you can't breathe well. And that's usually when your jaws are too small, when your tongue is not all the way up, when you have nasal obstruction, all those things are uh, possible issues that you're going to clench and grind because you can't breathe. And that's going to cause pain because those muscles are contracting all night long. You know, that cortisol is being released when you're supposed to be breathing and resting. So your heart rate is up. Your blood pressure is up. We sleep a third of our lives. We're supposed to have healing sleep. We're supposed to have good quality of sleep. We're reaching all these sleep stages. What happens if we don't? What kind of havoc can happen to our body? When instead of that third of our life, having that healing and all those amazing hormones for repair, regeneration, growth, they're supposed to be released during that time. And we get cortisol instead. What's happening to our body? We're running a marathon all night long. Do you think that your body is going to last the amount of hours that it's supposed to last? If you're not getting healing sleep, if you're, you know your sympathetic system is on all night long, it is not. So yes, all this, this chronic diseases that we see in the future, you know, with um, people who are at higher risk for stroke, Alzheimer's, heart disease, um, diabetes. I mean, I can name so many over here. It was because your body was overworked. It was not, you know, doing what it's supposed to be doing. Your body's supposed to heal at night. We plug our phones in every night. What happens if we don't? <laughs> Uh, Our bodies are the same way. Good news is with the right intervention, right evaluation, right, all this could be uh, optimized, improved, and uh, we could work towards a more healing night, a more restful night. 100%. Yeah. That's why collaboration is key. And I love that I really feel like after the pandemic, uh, everybody, you know, started reaching out online to each other a little bit more. Uh, and a lot of professionals are more willing to listen to other professionals now. We have to understand that we see the patients with blinders because we all got a certain specific type of training and you only see what you know. If you have not been exposed to certain information, you're never going to see that in a patient. So the more we talk as healthcare professionals, the more we can learn from each other. What are you looking for? What are some, some things that I can notice on my patients so I know when to refer to you? You know, because if we don't ask, we're not going to know. Uh, and, and this field of airway that is growing so beautifully now, full of professionals that are so passionate for helping their patients, we are willing to call each other at 10 o'clock at night to go over patient cases. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Not that I'm recommending that, but you know, those are the type of people they're they're really, really, really into it and, and helping patients uh, feel better and sleep better. Yes, that's wonderful. I think just because this kind of spirit, this kind of teamwork, more and more patients can really benefit from it, right? And exactly, I agree. Every specialty in this health healthcare uh, field, we all have our own narrow. Yes, and our own specialty, what we know the best, but also that means there's mm -hmm. a lot more we don't know. The more we learn, yeah. the more we don't know, the more we realize yeah. we don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Collaboration is wonderful. Yeah, I really hope this conversation can, you know, inspire a lot of listeners and uh, um, to prioritize this issue. This uh, think about your airway, think about all this other possible barriers in your life. And if you need, go to CML functional therapist. So if our listeners want to find your work or want to go to your clinic, um, where can they find you? So I have uh, two websites. My clinic is at www.myo-moves.com. And, but I also run another company called Airway Circle. So if you go to airwaycircle.com, we have a global directory. Airway Circle is a, is a passion project. We uh, interview amazing professionals from all over the world every Thursday night. So we do these lectures uh, to try to increase awareness. And it's uh, also interdisciplinary. Several different professionals are in there. And we developed this, this incredible uh, directory because we have patients reaching out to us from all over the world. You know, every single day, where do I go or who do I go to? Because we all know that we can go to 10 dentists nine of them, you know, we're going to have nine different treatment plans. Everybody's going to say something else. So knowing who to go to, the person, you know, the, the professional that does have this extra training to be able to properly evaluate tongue restrictions, to be able to properly evaluate sleep or somebody that does work, a dentist that does work with a sleep physician. Uh, so we created this, this directory and we have, we get referrals over there uh, very, very often. So it's, it's awesome. If you guys want to find anybody around you, airwaycircle.com. Wow. Such a valuable resource for everyone who really need a solid referral. And I think that benefits both, you know, general public uh, who are looking for a referral for a great provider and also benefit our providers. So we know who is out there, right? Who specialize what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And uh, um, if people want to listen to your podcast or all these lectures, is that open to public? Can people just find it on this website? So we have a podcast. It's called Airway Circle Radio. We have a YouTube channel and we have a Facebook group called Airway Circle Professionals. Um, so we go live every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we go, it's open on Facebook. So if you'd like to listen to it, at least the first 20 minutes is open. Some lectures are only for members, but uh, a lot of them, we, we have it open to the public. Okay, great. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. And thank you for your time. You're doing wonderful work in this field. Thank you so much. So what do you think about today's conversation? Have you ever tried mouse taping for sleep? If you do, please feel free to leave a message. Let me know. The video version of this conversation will be available on our YouTube channel at Deep Into Sleep Podcast. You can also follow me on different social media platforms at Dr. Yishan. Also, if you know someone who suffers from insomnia, please feel free to check out my insomnia course, mindbodygarden.com slash insomnia. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Dr. Yishan. I will see you next time. Bye. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. 
Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.